Hey, what's up? It's your boy Anthony Cass Clark, and welcome to another edition of Thoughts Over Coffee Daily. Good people of the world, what is up? I hope that all is well, all is well on this side. Today, super special episode of the podcast featuring my brother, Evangelist Timothy Riley. I met Brother Timmy uh, a while ago um, at church. Not sure exactly how we met, not sure when we met. I just know that he's always been this huge presence in my life. <laughs> um, man, Brother Timmy's such a blessing, man. Whenever you speak to him, he's just someone who you want in your corner, man. He, he's someone who comes from the bottom. He comes from he comes from the bottom and, and somehow found his way. To where he is now, which is being an evangelist in the same streets that he used to run a muck in, run a muck. <laughs> Brother Tim was in these streets, but somehow he is back in those streets as a new brother Timmy, as a new evangelist Timmy. And um, so I want him on the podcast and just kind of talk to him about his journey, man. How do you go from a street dude, street cat, someone who, whatever you want to call him, how do you go from that to prison to to try to find your way, provide for your family, and now you find yourself being an evangelist and actually preaching in pulpits? Man, brother Timmy is just an awesome, awesome dude, man. So I won't, I won't spoil the podcast for you. I totally suggest that you press play and let this one run. And just take it all in, man. Shout out to my man, Brother Timmy. Shout out to Timmy. Shout out to Alicia. Shout out to the whole family. Love y'all. And um, without further ado, let's go. All right. So we're here. Evangelist Brother Timothy Riley. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So um, as I always say. The listeners know the intro has already passed. Mm-hmm. So we're going to jump right into our conversation. So we've been here for a while just talking, talking, talking. But I know you. Yeah. But I figure the listeners should know you. That's why you're here. Uh, you know, we've been trying to put these together for a while. Yeah. Um, but we finally here. So <laughs> let's get to it. So I think um, the listener, before they even press play on this episode, they're probably looking at your name like Evangelist. Mm. What is some people are probably like, what does that even mean? Because, mm. te- I mean, typically on this podcast, we have a lot of creatives, you know, uh, entrepreneurs, mm. things like that. But when you see the word evangelist, <laughs> some people might think, I don't know what that means. Some people are like, oh, evangelist. Mm. What's this dude about? Mm. But let me clear this all up before we even start. <laughs> Timothy is not... Whatever you're thinking, throw it out the window. Throw it out the window. <laughs> <laughs> throw it out the window. I agree. Because I agree. my man is someone who is unique, powerful. Um, what else would I describe my man as? I don't know, man. He's just all around someone that you want to know. I'll just say that. You want to know who this dude is. Thank you. So Thank you. Uh, we've been trying to put this together. We finally got it done. You're here. And uh, I think, man, what we want to do is what we usually do on this podcast. Mm. Just talk to you, man. Go through your story, who you are, how you got to where you are. Mm. What are you doing to follow your purpose? What are you doing to make change? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Because whether you're an evangelist, entrepreneur, a creative, you have a purpose. And usually that purpose is tied to the good of someone or people. Amen. 
Amen. You know what I mean? Amen. So I figure it would be great to have you here and kind of just talk about your story because you're unique, man. You're somebody who's come from the streets. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. And, and you worked your <laughs> way up to who you are now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're a prime example for people to look at and say, wow, mm. if this dude can get to where he is, I, I need to get there and I can do it too. Mm. You know what I mean? Amen. Amen. So let's talk about where you from. Originally, I was born in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Okay. Um, I moved to Atlanta, Georgia at the age of seven. Okay. And we didn't return to Florida until I was about 16 years old. All right. So why'd you move? Um, just, I guess my mom wanted to relocate. She had got a, a job in Atlanta working for Model, which is the bus driving the city bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Shout out to my so, man, uh, Waymo. I yeah. think he worked for them. Shout out <laughs> to Waymo up in there Atlanta. Yeah, so my mom put it in some kind of way. She ended up getting hired and she ended up moving to Model. So we ended up moving to Atlanta where she got the job and we lived up there for about okay. 10, 11 years. So you were seven when you moved from Fort Lauderdale. To, so that's pretty early age. Yeah, to Atlanta. Do you remember, like, the difference between Fort Lauderdale and Atlanta when yeah, you were seven? Yeah, I remember the difference. What was that like when you got uh, there? It was, a, it was a very different experience. Because and when you were in South Florida, you know South Florida, you have a lot of different people that you're running across. You know, we, mm-hmm. have, we have so many different nationalities. Spanish, Spanish, Haitians, Haitians yeah. Mexicans. Right, right. We got so many different nationalities because we right here at the border. Right, right. But um, in Atlanta, Atlanta more cultivated at that time. At mm-hmm. that time, it was it was all black people there. You well, know? still is. Yeah, it was mostly. It's called the, yeah, it's the Black Mecca. It's the Black Mecca. You know, it's you know, Dr. Martin Luther King was there. So when I got to Atlanta, it was black and unity and things of that sort, and that that built a lot in me. That mm-hmm. built a lot in me. That's that the things was installed. And so you were there from seven to how sixteen? To sixteen. That's, all right. So sixteen is a crazy age <laughs> because you're now finding. Who you are, kind of, right. yeah. and uh, what what grade is that? Usually, like eleventh grade or something grade, like yeah. that. Right. Okay, so you're sixteen. Yeah. Um. Are do you want to move back to Florida? I didn't want to move back to Florida because at that time in my life, Atlanta had became my home. Okay. I I went to Ben Hill Elementary. Then mm-hmm. when later I went later went to Price Middle School. And, uh-huh. You know these are. Those were my home. I had friends mm-hmm. there. I started right. being cultivated into the city of Atlanta. So right. my mom. Let me know that, oh, we're finna move back to Florida. I was like, what? Right, 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 right. You know, so I was just devastated by that. Right, man. right, right. So why why she want to move back to Florida? Well, she wanted to move back to Florida because two reasons. In my adolescent years, I was in and out of trouble. In Atlanta? Yeah, in Atlanta. Oh, let's talk about it. So don't breathe past <laughs> that. You I know. I was, I was in and out of trouble in Atlanta through my adolescent years. Um, started hanging with the wrong people. Okay. Started getting influenced by the wrong crowd. Mm-hmm. When we first moved to Atlanta, we moved to a predominantly drug-infested neighborhood, gangs. What, what zone? Do you remember? Um, zone 3. Okay. Zone 3, Lakewood Avenue. Okay. Where we stayed at. And it was a predominantly like drug-infested neighborhood, predominantly gangs running everywhere. And, you know, as a kid growing up, I got, I got involved in those things. And mm-hmm. I, was growing, I was going in and out of... So what do you what do you think uh, influenced you to be a part of that life at our age? Because at a, when you're a teen, anything can really you kind of choose where you want to go. What really influenced me was well, I'm the oldest brother. I'm, okay. a, I'm the oldest of my yeah. How many siblings? How many siblings? Right, my mom. 
My mom got five kids. Okay. I'm the oldest. Okay. So I got two younger brothers and two younger sisters. Okay. So at the end, I didn't really, when I had to fight, I had to fight alone. Right, right. Because you're the oldest. Cause Nobody I'm else the oldest. got your back. Nobody right. got my back. Right. So one day I met this kid. He was like, when I was in the sixth grade or seventh grade, he was in the eighth grade. Okay. And he really was like, oh, man, you cool. He lived down the street from me. Mm-hmm. So he was like, oh, man, you cool. I got your back. And we ain't, I ain't going to let nobody mess with you. If you got my back, you don't let nobody mess with me. And we kind of was like brothers, you know, uh-huh. growing up. Uh-huh. And he was already a part of this lifestyle. Uh-huh. So he introduced me into the lifestyle. Right. And we both started growing up in that lifestyle because we lived in that. I met him lived in that neighborhood like seven years before we moved. Right, right. So what did you find yourself into? What kind of activities? Uh, don't incriminate yourself, but, you know. <laughs> well, you know. Statue of limitations way yeah, up. <laughs> you, know, you know, find myself in all kind of different activities. Uh-huh. You know, a lot of things that just, we just not approve of. And, uh, you know, a lot of things that a, a, a child at that age should not be doing. Okay. So your mom is like, I got to get him out of here. Yeah, so my mom's like, we, we got to get him out of here. We got to relocate. Okay. So you come back to Fort Lauderdale. Come back to Fort Lauderdale. What area? We moved to Lotta Hill. Okay. Shallow side. Shallow side. Yeah. With the Jamaicans. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Over there was pretty good. Over there was pretty good. You know, my mom, she was, my mom always been in and out of religion, you know, in and out of the churches. Even when we were standing in Atlanta, she was going to church back and forth to us. So she uh-huh. took us a few times to there. Mm-hmm. And when we came down here, it was pretty much the same thing. But when we came down here, she had to go back to the school board because mm-hmm. she was originally, before we left, she was originally a bus driver. Okay. For the for the um school board down right. here. Like mm-hmm. she she got a better job in Atlanta. So that's how we ended up going back. Right. So when she came back, she went back to driving buses for the school board. Uh-huh. So we struggled. Right. Struggled. Ended up moving with my grandma, living with my grandma. Then my grandma moved out, left us the house. And mm-hmm. Those that's how we ended up in Lot of Hill Nine, Lot of Hill Manors. So on. Okay. So you said your mom was Back and forth with religion? Oh no, she was. She's always been Christian. She's just a, back and forth in, in the church. churches. Okay, different yeah, churches. Different okay. churches. Okay, how did that affect? Did you? You said she took you a few times. Well, she took us a few times. Like in Atlanta, she's my mom. She never forced Christianity on us. Uh huh. She never forced us. She taught us about Jesus. She taught us about living a, a Christian lifestyle. She taught us those things. She she installed those biblical principles, mm-hmm. and she. And those things don't matter what. The Bible say train a trial up in which they should go and they will never depart, right? Uh-huh. It never that never left me. Mm-hmm. Even it, though even, even when though, you was even when I was out there, it never left me. Uh-huh. You know, cuz I was always if I heard somebody talk about God, I was an idol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was I was tuned. I wanted to hear what they had to say. Right. You know. So, you know, she took us to a church I never forget called Praise Mountain. Mm. Never forget it. It was a, oh man, awesome church, awesome church, and that church is where I received my very first prophecy that I was going to be doing the things that I'm doing today. How old were you? Uh, maybe, maybe that was right before we left Atlanta, so I had to be like 14. Uh, and so you got a prophecy. Okay, what did the prophecy say? Well, the man said, "Young man, God has a mission. Has a mission for you, and He has a message for you to be doing." And when you're a kid, you don't you, understand. You're like, what? Okay. Yeah, you don't understand All right, these cool. things. All right. So I was like, cool, okay. Called me up. He prayed for me, laid hands on me. And here it is, 15 years later, 
I'm still watching that prophecy unfold in my life. Right, right. Wow, wow. Yeah, brother. Okay, so that's it. That's interesting. <laughs> so not only did your mom instill you with these, instilling you these Christian uh, principles, mm-hmm. but also you have in mind that this dude at Praise Mountain prophesies over you. Yeah. And forgive me, uh, Prophet, for calling you a dude, but. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> right? Yeah, right? So these things are kind of raining in, raining in your mind, right? right. It kind of you put it in the back you of your mind, but it's there, mind. right? Okay, so you move back to Florida. Um, so you guys begin to struggle a little bit. Right. And you guys move to a lot of their manners. Right. Um, and in a lot of their manners, you know, still is wild. Well, don't think I'm 16 mean, years old. So people, people who don't live in Florida that's listening to this podcast, right. so a lot of their manners would be a hood. It's my hood. Right, a lot right. of their manners is a hood. It's on the east side of Fort Lauderdale. Okay. So I grew up in a lot of their manners. And you know, I'm still a wild kid. Just We just suddenly packed up and moved from Atlanta. Right. You know, with just. Right. Monday, I was on Atlanta. Thursday, I was now a resident of a lot of their manners in Fort Lauderdale, <laughs> Florida. You know what I right, mean? Right, right, so, right. So I'm like, oh my God, okay. So I'm still a wild kid. So, you know, it continued. So what do you, what do you think? Was in you to make you wild? Like what? What made you wild? Was it defense, like a defense mechanism, or was it? I don't know. What was it? I don't know what made me wild. I, you know, still to this day, it's hard for me to determine what really makes you wild. Mm-hmm. Because, there, for Maybe example, it's a part of your nature. I heard an interview the other day with um with Fat Joe, right? And Fat Joe was saying at one point in his life, I mean, for a long time. He loved violence. Yeah. And he couldn't he couldn't figure it out. Yeah, I think that is a part of human nature. If you it say the word says train, right? Because you train so that they won't be wild. Mm-hmm. And you know, my mom used to be like, Boy, I can boy, I don't know what to do with you. Mm-hmm. She tries some of everything. I bet. You know, she tries some of everything. But you just I just I guess it was just part of my nature to be wild and you know. And I, I was always on the move, always on the go. Uh-huh. You know, she was always trying to contain me, and I just could not be contained. Uh-huh. So I guess it led to that type of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But you know, in that lifestyle, it taught me something. What's that? It taught me love, mm-hmm. because I learned and I watched and I seen. I seen mothers struggling. I seen people struggling. I seen brothers doing some of everything to keep a roof over their head and. Bills paid for their children and stuff. And I used to sit back and watch and then be like, hmm. And when, when I gave my life to Jesus, when I gave my life to Jesus, and I, one day the Lord just started pouring into me. Mm-hmm. He started speaking to me. He started coaching me and ministering to me. And then it became clear to what the prophet told me. At Praise Mountain right. about what's my purpose in life. Right. What's my purpose? My purpose is to I love the name evangelist mm-hmm. because I come to bring good news into the hearts of those who have lost it. Right. I come to let them know that Christ is there. Christ is real and he loves you and he is waiting to provide a way from you when you think that there is no way for you. Right. And I love it. So that, I want to get to that. I want to get to that point. <laughs> I want to get to that point. But I need the people to understand what life was like before evangelism. Mm. Right? 
So you so you're wild, yeah. you're in the streets. What's going on? Well, you know, selling drugs. Uh huh. You know, hanging on the corners, mm-hmm. in and out of jail. Mm-hmm. You know, just the usual things. What was what was your life's purpose at that point? What did you, what did you think was your goal? Like, did you have a goal? Did you? I didn't. You know, I didn't. When you out there in that lifestyle, you don't really have goals. Mm-hmm. What you have is a thought for today. Mm. Okay. That's what you have. You have okay. I need this. For today. Right. And when tomorrow comes, I worry about tomorrow. tomorrow. But for right now, I got this I need to accomplish for the day. I got this I need to get done for the day. And that is mostly the mind frame of everyone out there in the street. Mm, Okay. So, well, dear, your husband. Yeah. A father. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Where does your wife come into play? Mm. Because the the role of a strong girlfriend, strong wife is heavy in a man's life, especially someone who's living a, a life like yours right, right at the time right. when you were in the streets. You're right. wild, right? right. So it, you, you find a woman, and usually a woman is usually able to anchor a man. Oh, no. Yeah, right? I think. You know, I would agree with that. I would say my wife anchored me real good. She, she <laughs> <laughs> when I say when I say anchor me real good, oh man, she saved me from some dark times. You know? How, how'd you meet? How'd you meet? First of all, me and my wife met because she stayed down the street. Okay. And like I said, I was a wild kid. I was back and forth down the street, and one day I seen her. I was like, hey, "How you doing?" And she was like, "Oh, I live right down the street from you, boy. I see you all the time." I was like, "Oh yeah, okay." <laughs> okay and we was friends right for a while uh-huh. till we got old enough to date and right you right, know right so on led to so on so right right and then how many kids now four we got we got four four beautiful girls four man girls, four wow girls. you want to do you want a boy you no know i need a son <laughs> i'm like look and she the she don't want it she don't want to have no more I'm right. like, oh man oh my god uh, baby and, somebody got to talk the last oh, day immaculate immaculate <laughs> conception yeah <laughs> I will pray on that for all right now. You're going to be confused. You're going to wake up like, hold up now. <laughs> all right, so you guys meet. What what age did you guys meet, do you think? What what age did you, did you guys start dating? Well, I, we officially started dating. I think I was like 17. Okay, so young. Yeah. Okay, real young. Yeah, real young. Okay. So, I was 17. She was 15 because, you know, I'm like two and a half years older than Okay, her. so what was she saying about your life at that point? Well, you know, my wife. You know, my wife from the streets. Right. You know, she's from the hood. She's right. from the... My wife used to be like, you know, boy, I don't need you going out there doing nothing stupid now. We just started dating. Well, I don't want you to be out here kill. Well, right. I don't want you to be she out here She used to say stuff right, like right, that. Right. But like, you know, she anchored me because when I say she anchored me, a woman slow you down. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got to go. Uh-uh, you need to spend time with me. Yeah. So she kept me anchored a lot of times. She kept me, you know, Secluded with her, so by the by, I feel by her doing that, that kind of saved me and slowed me down from the streets. Also, right, right, okay, okay. So, um, okay, so where are we right now? Say you're, you know, 2019. That's what we. No, not right now. I'm talking in the story. In the okay, story. Okay. So you're living the street life, right? Yeah. Okay, and then when do you start transitioning into, um, husband you? Or father you. Mm. How old were you when you had your first child? 
I was 23. 23. 23 years old when I had my first child. Okay. Well, were you still wild at that point? Were yeah. You, okay. I still was wild. Uh-huh. Um, honestly, I had my first child right before I had to go to prison. Mm. I had I had had some criminal charges and I had to go to prison. Mm-hmm. And my wife was pregnant with my, wow. my firstborn child. Wow. And on the delivery day. Wow. I'll never forget this. On her delivery day, my daughter was born July 7th, 2007. I had to go to prison. That same day. Wow. What was that like? What was going through your head? Man, what was going through my head was like, Jesus, I got to make a change. Mm. You think that sparked the change? I think that it gave. It gave way for change. Right. It gave way for change. Because what really sparked the change was a pastor came in prison. Okay. Nobody was listening to what the man had to say, but you know, like I told you, I always listened to whenever someone right when pastor came and spoke and I was listening to him. And he said the thing, he said, Man, I used to be just like y'all, I used to be locked up. But now that I'm free, I come in here to give back to y'all to let y'all know that it is real. And I was listening to that. And that really, that really, I think that's what sparked change. Because I said, if he can do it, then I can do it. And I want change too. Because mm-hmm. man, when you, when you sitting in a eight by five cell block, mm-hmm. Someone telling you when to go to bed and telling you when to get up and telling you when you can use the bathroom or telling you that you got to go and work mm-hmm. and you get 10 cents a day. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, Lord, this ain't the life of me. Right. I just had a child. I ain't never seen it. Wow. I never seen my child until I got out. My daughter was two and a half years old when wow. we met. Wow. I had to go do two years and inside of South Florida State Correctional Institution. And when I got out, my daughter was two and a half years old. Wow. Talking. Talking. Walking. Wow. You missed all that. I missed all that. Wow. First steps. Right, right. And that's my firstborn. That's Mm -hmm. my firstborn. Right. And, you know, I kind of made a decision for myself not to ever ever do anything that would cause me to depart in life. Right. Okay. So that sparks a change, right? That your your child being born, and also the uh, the, the pastor, pastor right? Okay. So what's going on in your life? You get out. What are you thinking? Because uh, reintegration it's is tough. Tough, my God. Right? It's one of the hardest things. Like I think the rate. I don't, I'm not going to quote a false statistic here, but the percentage of people who get out of prison and then go right back is really high, high. because it's very hard to integrate. One, you got to figure out how to relive your life, right? How to get a job, right? Which is tough because you got now have a record, mm-hmm. and you know, as soon as people see records, most of the time they're like up next, you know. So it's hard to find work, right? And if you do find work, you'll be doing some hard manual labor, labor. right, on top right. of roofs yeah. and all that. Yeah, I've done it all. I mean, I done I done hard manual labor mm-hmm. when I first when I first got out, and I was. Recultivated myself back into society. Mm-hmm. I had all those feelings, mm-hmm. mixed feelings. What was it? Tell me. Tell me. Like, okay, I, I'm like, Lord, 
here I am. Just got out of prison. They supposed to give you hundred dollars. I don't know if you ever heard that nah, before. Never yeah, heard they, that. They really supposed to give you hundred dollars. I didn't even receive the hundred dollars because I don't even know what's the stipulations on that. So I yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I've never heard that yeah, in my life. Right. Listen, they normally give you a hundred dollars if you get out of chain game, right? You get out of prison. So I got out of prison. I'm like, well, what a hundred dollars? Oh, you can't get it because some kind of stipulation. So I was like, okay, cool. So I get out of prison. I have absolutely nothing. Mm. Absolutely nothing. I can't go stay with my moms because mm-hmm. my brothers them already stay there. My sisters them stay there. Mm-hmm. My wife she living with her mom, mm-hmm. but she cannot really stay there any longer. Why? Because she got a growing child, and her mom just like, baby, you gotta get yourself together now. Mm-hmm. Now I gotta go stay with her. So she like, listen, you got a certain amount of time to get yourself together because. You know, y'all a family. You got to go and right. It's right. Spread your wings or go and build a foundation, build your for, foundation yourself. for yourself and your family. Mm-hmm. So here I am trying to recultivate myself back into society. And oh, my God, what scary feeling. Mm. Going, you know, the feeling going to fill out application after application. And they always have that word. It's on every application in big, bold letters. Know that know know what that is? What's that word? Have you ever been convicted of a <laughs> felon? Right. Right. So you got to be like, oh my God. I, and then you don't want to lie, you got to check yes. And once you check yes, it, it, it you know they always have in small print. If you have checked yes in this box, it does not mean you right. <laughs> <laughs> You know, right. you right. know what I mean? Right. So so here it is, you like you like, oh my God. But you know, God is good because someone gave me a chance. Mm. And someone gave me a chance. Someone gave me a job. And once they gave me a job, I was able to build off that. What was that job? Uh, being a dishwasher. Okay. Being a dishwasher. In, a, in my very first restaurant, I was a dishwasher. Mm-hmm. Started washing dishes, learned how to work the machine. And one day, somebody say, hey, man, you want to learn how to fry food? So I was like, yes, show me how to fry food. So he showed me how to fry food. Then one day, somebody said, hey, man, you know, you're doing real good on fry. I want to move somebody else up and let them get trained on fry, and I want to move you to being a grill cook. And at the same time, I'm just, my my wages are increasing. Mm -hmm. My responsibilities are increasing. My family is increasing because I got two kids now. You know, mm-hmm. everything is on the increase. Mm-hmm. So, but what's on the decrease is my bills mm-hmm. because I'm now making enough amount of money to gradually pay them with ease. Right, right, right. So this is being beautiful. So, mm-hmm. you know, thank God for that person that was willing to give me a chance because now I'm ready. I'm, I'm on a level now where... Like you say, I'm a cook now, you know. Right. So God is good. Right, God is good for God real. God is good all the time. All right. So okay, so you cooking in the restaurant, two kids in. Um, so where does the ultimate change in oh, your life happen? Oh my God. <laughs> Tell me about the, the ultimate change came. Well you asked, so I gotta I gotta I gotta get Yeah, please. You. I was asleep one night. Okay. And I had a visit from God. Okay. And God came to me in my dreams. And I just remember having a conversation. What 
So before, was it just random? Like to me, it was random. <laughs> were, were you thinking about like going into the route of like getting closer to God? I don't, I don't, I couldn't, you know, maybe because like I said, I never forgot certain things in my life. Like I never forgot the prophecy yeah. I received in Praise Mountain. I never forgot the words that the pastor spoke when I was in prison. That right. all that stuff but were stuck you, with me. Were you intentively pursuing your relationship with God? I mean, I was starting to learn how to pray. So I could say maybe, yeah, I would okay. say yes. Okay. Because I was starting to learn how to pray. I was what were you to, learning? Were you going to a church or? No, I was just was practicing on a prayer life. Mm-hmm. You just, know, because I, you know, how sometimes you turn the TV on and you just watch some of the pastors on Sundays. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. and that's what I used to do. And I started, and I used to hear pastors constantly saying, "You need to learn how to pray. You need to, you need to develop a prayer life." And I started that. Okay. So I guess that what gave way to right. what the Lord came. And All right. So me. back to this. Okay. So back to the visit. <laughs> right. Tell um, me about it. I just, you know, I remember the conversation like yesterday. I never forgot. God say, he said to me, he said, Timothy, what do you want out of your life? And I was like, what do you mean? He said, you can choose life or you can choose death. But the choice you have to make, what you want out of your life. He said, because you know the word. I have given you the word since you was a child. And like I told you, my mom been instilled the Bible in us. Mm-hmm. We know it. Even if it's from a child point of view. Mm-hmm. You know, King, you know, right, King you know David, principle. Yeah, right. you know. So I was like, oh my God. And the dream was so intense. I woke up in tears. I woke up in tears. I woke up heart pounding. It, but it wasn't a fearful thing. It was like oh it was like a oh my God thing. Right. But from that moment, I was different. I was different. It was like I was able to say, I don't want that no more for my life. Now I know what that is. That's not for me. It's like your eyes were open. It's like it's like something I could say my you know, eyes open, you know, maybe the anointing of God's presence. Started revealing you to me. You had spiritual eyes. Right. And it started just, and right then and there, I started to change. Mm-hmm. I've not, did it all happen overnight? No. About to say, so you wake up, right? You got that feeling, and you know you've changed. But the rest of your life is still the same. Same, same at that moment. around me. Right. Yeah. How do you, how do you maneuver through that? Mm. I remove. The best way to say that I got the best renewing through them lifestyles to slowly cancel things out is I say I say actually the presence of God. Explain. Let me explain. You're right. When God comes in your life and you truly accept God in your life, God puts a barrier around you. And this barrier that the Lord puts around you will begin to move everything that's not like God and everyone that's not like God out of your life. Mm-hmm. If it's one by one, one person by one person, one situation by one situation, one habit by one habit, one lifestyle by another, God will, the, the, the covering of God will begin to start pushing those things out of your lifestyle. 
And before you know it, when you turn around, you would be like, oh my God. I see the change that God has made in my life. Mm-hmm. See, most people don't understand. Let go and let God. If you trying to clean your life up, you just going to only make it more dirtier. Mm-hmm. So take your hands off your life mm-hmm. and let God and watch God clean your life up. Mm-hmm. And once he clean it up, oh my God. Right. Okay. So what are people saying around you when they start seeing this change in you? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I love it. I love it. You know, I still have my, I still have some of my friends that they are not saved. Of course, we all do. Yeah, I got friends that are not saved, and For you sure. know, I still live in my neighborhood. So I have a lot. I have a lot of my brothers, and they be like, they be like, bro, really, you, you not doing, bro? We can't go to the club with you no more. Like, nah, bro. You married now? Like, yeah, bro. You going to church on Sundays? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> bro. And they like, really? I'm like, yes. They then they be then they always ask me the darnest question. Is it real? Is it real? And you know what I tell them? It is real. God is real. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is be willing to accept. Right. Then when they see me standing on the corners. Yeah. Passing out tracks. Praying with people. Preaching the word. They be like, oh my God. It's real. (laughs) (laughs) It's real. They be like, oh my God. Uh And they be like, bro, like. Me and, me and Pastor Meshach, you know, Pastor Brian Christopher Meshach of 15th Avenue Church of God. That's my pastor. Shout out to Pastor B. You know, shout out to Pastor B. I love him, you know, and he's a great teacher. He, he, you know, he teaches everything. And one day me and Pastor was walking. And I seen a couple of my old friends with him. And they was like, oh, my God, what's up, bro? I was like, hey, uh-huh. what's good, baby? Give me some love. Uh-huh. And Pastor was like, hey, I want to ask you a question. And it was like, yeah, I, I had no idea what this question was what this be. question was gonna be. He was like, You know him. They was like, Yeah, we know we know him from a long time. We growed up together. So they so Pastor was like, Is he the same person? The, my brother looked at me and said, No. Mm. He is not the same Timothy that I grew up with. He's not the same man that I know. And he said, now that I bet you, I know where the source comes from. Right. <laughs> so it was just like, oh, oh my God. Wow, well, man. Yeah, man. All right. So um, how do you find yourself at 15th Avenue Church of God, which is my home church? Mm-hmm. You know, basically born into that church. Yes, you know. Shout out to know, the app. Shout out to the app, you know. It, you know, um, Cause I don't remember meeting you. I know. We just kind of like, yeah. just just like unified. Yeah, right I don't remember formally meeting you. I just remember like, oh, what What's up, bro? Right, right, right. <laughs> and see, that's the, that's the beauty of God. Uh-huh. That's the beauty of God. Because when God brings you into the fold, you really need no introduction. So, ooh, All you need is love. Say it. That's a fact. Yeah, that's a fact. Ooh, when God brings you into, into the, the fold, fold you, you need no, no introduction. introduction. All you need is the love. I like that. Okay, yeah, that, might be a, that might be the title of this episode. Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, um, like I told you, I was coming up, mm-hmm. working in the working field, got two, three kids now, and 
you know, I'm moving up the ladder in income. Mm-hmm. And my wife, she's working. So came to the fact that we were, okay, babe, we need to find somewhere to stay. We was living in a one-bedroom apartment, so we wanted to go up to a two-bedroom. With two, two kids at a time. We, no, we had three now. Three kids, three one bedroom. Now. One three bedroom. kids, two adults, one, one bedroom. bedroom. We was giving the kids the room, uh-huh. and we had a pull-out bed couch, so uh-huh. we were sleeping in the living room, the living room slash our bedroom. Right, so it's a studio. <laughs> yeah. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so we got to the point where we're making enough so that we can make another change in our life, and that was going to get a two-bedroom apartment. Right. So we was looking, we was looking, we was looking. What happened was we canceled out our lease. Mm-hmm. Moving too fast, uh-huh. and couldn't find oh. a two bedroom. So now we don't cancel out our lease, and and now we couldn't find somewhere to live. So I'm like, oh my god! And the landlord on told us he done already accepted somebody uh-huh. down payment for when we move out, they can move in. Right. So I'm like, oh my god! He's like, so, but what he did was he gave us an extension. Okay. So we looking, we looking, we looking, we looking, we looking, couldn't find nowhere to go. Make a long story short, we end up sleeping in our truck. End up sleeping in the truck. Money wasn't an issue. Mm-hmm. Finding somewhere to move in and right. pay was the issue. Right. So I was praying. I was like, Lord, I can't, I can't, I can't. You know, I gotta, I gotta go to work. Right. So when I get off. I gotta pick my family up, and we're gonna sleep in the car. We had, we had a um, we had a we had an Explorer, mm-hmm. so you know the back of an Explorer laid down. Right. So the kids used to sleep in the back, and me and my wife would sleep in the front. We'd, we'd take we'll you know take them to their mom's house, let them bathe, mm-hmm. eat breakfast, and send them off to school. And I go to work, and she'll go to work, and we'll get off and pick them up, and mm-hmm. that'd be the end of that. Mm-hmm. And we live like that for like thirty days, and I'm praying, Lord, Lord, I need you. Father, I'm, I'm believing in you. And you know, this time I wasn't even really evangelizing anything. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> I was barely reading the word, you know, but I was trying to build that prayer life, mm-hmm. that faith and that prayer life right there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Lord, I know you're going to move. Mm-hmm. So one day, we get a call. I got a part. It won't be ready for another two to three weeks, but I'm reserving it for you because. I had spoke to this landlord and told him my situation. We got the money. It's not the issue. Mm-hmm. So the landlord told us, I was like, well, what's wrong with it? He was like, well, we just got to clean it up and all this stuff like this. I said, well, I'll clean it up. Right. So I said, <laughs> I'll clean it up. Don't even worry about it. He was like, well, you don't have a refrigerator right now. Don't worry about a refrigerator. Just bring the refrigerator in time. Right. I need to get my family out this vehicle. And right. Into this apartment. To shelter. Into right. this, this roof over their head. Right. So, you know, the man thought about it. He was like, okay, y'all move in. Moved in. Still praying. Cleaned up. You know, God is good all the time. And one day, Pastor Meshach walked across the street. And when he walked across the street, he was like, how you doing? I was like, I'm doing all right, Pastor. I'm doing all right. 
He was like, I'm the pastor of that church. I'm Mind like, you, for you, for those of you who don't know, the church is directly across the street, the street from, from my the house, apartment yeah. that you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> the, the church is directly across the street, like maybe 20 feet in front of our house. Literally. Literally. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm literally open up my front door and they go to church. Right. right so. Can't hide, can't, can't run. Can't hide, can't run, can't do that. <laughs> oh, we see you. I see you. All right. <laughs> right. We, <laughs> Oh, you went to church this. You went to church this Sunday. I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> but I love that. Uh-huh. I love that. I actually prayed for that. Mm. You know, I never told anyone that. I actually prayed that Lord, you place me somewhere where it's hard for me to deviate from the path. Mm. I prayed for that. I prayed for God to keep me in a line with the church. Mm-hmm. So what I'm living out is my prayer. Mm-hmm. I prayed. For the Lord to use me in a mighty way. Mm-hmm. So what I'm living out is my prayers. I pray for the Lord to make, to make a difference in my life. So I can be able to make a difference in other people's lives. And they can use my life to see that it is real. And what I'm actually living out is my prayers. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Right. Okay. So um, I think Pastor B has this, uh, <laughs> this story of uh, you coming down to the altar. And your hands is in the air. Yeah. What's that story about? Oh, my God. Oh, my Tell me. God. When you are, Pastor B called me down to the altar. I never forget. Oh, my God. Jesus. He was like, well, let me, let me, let me back it up. Let me back it up. Let me back it yeah. You know, I came to service that, I came to service that Sunday. Okay. I was looking for an encounter with God. Mm. And see, that's the that's the problem. When you come to church, you got to be looking to have mm. an encounter with God. Mm. You can't just say, "Oh, I'm just I'm just coming to church." No, 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 no. You come to church looking to have an encounter with God. And that Sunday, I was looking to have an encounter with God. Mm-hmm. So, I come to, I come to the service. I passed the preaching. That was one of the most awesomest message he ever preached. I think it was a salvation message. Message of salvation. Man, I couldn't stop. The tears just was rolling down my face. It was just, I just couldn't stop crying. And I kept looking to the person next to me and I kept saying, why am I crying? (laughs) And they were like, baby, let it out. And I just was crying. Oh my God, talking about like a baby. I was boo-hooing. And at the end of the message, I remember pastor say, is there any, is there one today that want to give their life to the Lord? Is there one today that want to repent? The altar is open. Literally, I can feel the Holy Spirit sparking my feet like, like a zzz. That my feet was jumping up by itself off the off the ground, and it kept buzzing my feet. That when I stood up, he was like, "Come down to the altar." I came down to the altar, and he was like, "You want to give yourself to the Lord?" I was like, "Yes, I want to give myself to the Lord." And he was like, "Well, lift your hand." I lift my hand. He was like, "Tilt your head." When I when I I cannot explain it. When I lift my hands and I, I did like this in this position, I felt the Holy Spirit descend upon me. 
and it was so powerful that I don't remember what happened after that part. Wow. I just remember what when I woke up, Joe, brother George Sim was fanning me. Wow. And he was like, you all right. You all right. It was a feeling I've never felt before. It was a feeling I'd never forgotten. So when I see people that try to say, when they try to discredit Christianity or they try to discredit the power of the Holy Spirit or they try to discredit the faith or they try to discredit God, they try to discredit the church, I'd be like, brother, you are speaking and you are putting your tongue on things that you cannot possibly begin to understand. Mm. Because I know what happened to me that day. Mm -hmm. I know what changed my life. And it was real. Right. And it was God. Right. I like that. Well, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, brother. Yeah. So, all right. So, where are you now? So, you're evangelizing. You're in the streets. Yeah. Uh, You know, you are serving the word. Right. Um, You're in the pulpit now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, man. You know, God is good. He deserves all the credit. Yeah, you you in the pulpit, man. Uh, people, people, uh, you know, and it's such a weird thing to to talk about um, because you're up there doing people a service, right? You're actually, uh, you know, you're the mouth for the word of God. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, so I hate to like, oh, you preach good. Like, what does that really mean? But you have a gift. Mm. The way you preach is unlike anybody else. I remember the first time you preached at the church, <laughs> it shook everybody up because everybody was like, whoa. Like, you know, when, you, so when you're used to hearing the word of God in, in, the, uh, in the way that you've been hearing it for a while, mm-hmm. and then you hear it from this unorthodox type mm-hmm. of way, mm-hmm. it's hard hitting. It's hard hitting. Hard. It's, it's, coming, it's coming at you in a whole nother language. Yeah. So, you know, man, I'm really, really proud. To Thank be a brother you. of yours. Thank you, brother. You know what I'm saying? To watch your ascension. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, it's been great, man. Yeah, it's God been great. Been and you, you know what I'm saying? You inspire me. Yeah. You know? God you inspire me. Like I tell people all the time, the reason why I do this podcast is to inspire others. Uh, I feel like my purpose on this earth is to equip people with the tools that they need mm. to take their life to the to next, next level. level. Mm. Right? Mm. And then I believe within that, mm. God is implementing himself. Amen. He's at the you know what I'm yeah. he he he's is the, the author. He's at the core of it. Uh-huh. And I feel like this is the purpose that he is giving me. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. having people like you on this podcast, mm-hmm. it just further pushes that mission for Amen. me. Amen. You know what I mean? Amen. So yeah, man. Um yeah, man, I think we I think we talked about everything, yeah. man. I really but do. I want to say you inspired me, brother. I have oh, watched I have been watching your Facebook tweets. I have seen the fan base. I have seen thoughts over coffee, and I'm just inspired to see you grow. And I just, I just can't wait to see what God is going to do in your life. I just can't wait to see how far He's willing to take you. Likewise, bro. Likewise, Likewise man. <laughs> and I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be honest with you. I was so inspired by when we had the man's prayer retreat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, was yeah. blown. <laughs> I was blown away. I was like, my brother, it's a prayer. But warrior. see, I, I think I'm one of those people, right? Yeah. So like, of course, you know, when the Holy Spirit hits you, you know, you can't really control it. But I'm one of those people. I'm more of a, I'm more of a quiet 
prayer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? The Bible does say go in your secret place. Yeah, I'm one of those people. I'm one of like a quiet prayer, but like, you know, it was called for in that moment. You I know? was just like, it was called wow, for in I was moment, blown away. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was blown away. I was like, my brother, oh my God. Yeah, man, it was called for, yeah, man. So, I, I really nah, but it. I, I really appreciate you, bro. Yeah, I really do. I appreciate you too. Yeah, man. So, uh, where can people find you if they're looking for, you know, maybe they want to talk to you, maybe they want to you know, send you a message. Yeah, whatever. Where, where can I find you? Well, they can find me on on my Facebook page, or you can find me on Instant Message. Um, it's Evangelist Timothy Riley. Mm-hmm. You know, you write something on there. Your friend requests me, mm-hmm. and I'll I'll be happy, more than happy to get back with you. Or follow me in these streets. Yes, yeah, so or follow me on the streets. <laughs> <laughs> or you can follow us at. You know, 15th Avenue, Church of God. Uh-huh. On Instagram. On Instagram. Facebook. Facebook. Oh, hey, we go live every Sunday at yeah. the church. Yeah. Uh, so you might catch, you might catch, you might catch, you might catch, you know, we go live every Sunday. So you might catch me preaching yeah. up there. That's so. 15th Avenue, Church of God on Facebook. Check it out when you get a chance. Amen. Um, I guess, is that it? We good? We good. Hey, <laughs> let me see your mug. Peace. Peace. Blessings. Cheers. Cheers. Coffee. <laughs>